0: The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Need a show about outdoor living? This is where it's at. With your host, Shane Chapman and Wade Laurent. Thank you for tuning in. Now let the show begin. Yeah, yeah. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Live from Saskatchewan, Canada. Without Wade Laurent. Just Shane Chapman here because Wade's got his priorities mixed up. I assume he's on a golf course. Who knows? His idea of record, record podcast today. He ain't here. So I'm just going to wing it. You're getting the best of Shane Chapman here today. Uh, So not much of a lead-in today. I want to get this done over quickly because my son has football today. Speaking of uh, kids, my wife has recently started a new job uh, going back after Matt leave, which we haven't got our daycare situation sorted out yet. So I have been playing stay-at-home dad a little bit lately. And uh, let me tell you, it's not that bad. I... like. I see how burnt out my wife is all the time, and I think, God, this must be awful. But so far, I'm like, this is, this is great. I get to spend, I get to spend more time with my kids. That part's been great, connecting with my kids a little bit more, spending more time with them. Uh, I feel like I've got like time at home to do things around the house, like meal prep and like cleaning. Up. Like I, I don't know, I haven't been doing it for a year, so I, I'm guessing you know it's easier when it's only a couple days in. I imagine there's a burnout period for sure, but. Uh, so far, so good. I, I'm enjoying the process, and so uh, it's not all—it's not all bad. It's not all burnout, you know. Anyway, um, I wanted to talk today a little bit about how to vet a contractor. So, unfortunately, everybody in the world has bad contractor stories. They've hired a contractor to do some sort of project in their lives, whether it's renovating a kitchen, whether it's drywalling a basement, uh, building a deck, building a fence. Um, of course, many people have great stories as well and great experiences, but there's unfortunately a lot of bad ones out there. And that's just because in a lot of places, there's not a lot of requirements or industry vetting to be a contractor. Anybody with a truck and tools can step up and say, well, I'm a contractor now and I'm going to charge money to, to do things for you because you don't know how to do it clearly. And unfortunately in times when economies are strong and those projects there's a lot of demand for it it's easy for people who maybe shouldn't be doing that to step in to that space and still succeed even though they're not doing a good job just because there's so much demand out there for those services so I'm going to talk a little bit about how you would vet a contractor if you're going to hire somebody to build your deck and I went to the internet and uh, you know got some got some secondary research some feedback on uh, some points to kind of follow along with but many of these are common sense type of things, and certainly, sometimes even doing all the right things does not um, does not protect you completely. There is there is a recent story of a pool a pool builder down in um, I believe it was in Colorado that has, you know, from the surface from the outside looked like he was doing everything correctly, and now has been arrested for um, for basically taking deposits and not doing the work. And so, I don't know all the ins and outs and the details, so I'm not gonna get into that much more just uh, saying that sometimes even when it looks like all is well, it can still kind of turn sideways on you. So anyways, there's four kind of, um, what do I want to call this, like headlines or topics or categories of items we're going to go through here. And those are research and recommendations, qualifications and documentation, project-specific inquiries, and contract and payment. And so each of these is broke down into a little bit finer detail, and we're going to go through these one at a time and discuss. So the first one under research and recommendations... Word of mouth. Start by asking friends, family, or neighbors who have had similar projects completed. Personal, informa- personal recommendations often offer the most reliable gauge of a contractor's quality of work and reliability. I can't stress this one enough because you get to... There's no faking a word of mouth review. You can potentially fake other sorts of reviews. You can potentially fake other sorts of um, you know, accolades and whatnot. But when you're just talking to people who are independent of that business... Uh, especially if they're your own friends and family, then that's a pretty clear uh, view into what somebody's abilities are. Now, again, it's not it's not fool safe. That's why we should do more of these things here. That's on this list um, because sometimes people can deliver a good experience to to eight people and then not on the ninth. But regardless, word of mouth is a great way to start because if somebody's being super impressed with some with a company that's done specifically the project you're looking for as well then there's a good chance or you at least have a better chance that they're going to also execute a good project for you as well. Now, like I said, make sure it's the same kind of project. If you go to your sister-in-law and say, Oh, uh, who's that guy that, that, uh, you know, remodeled your bathroom. Oh, it was so-and-so construction. They were awesome. The bathroom is perfect. We absolutely love it. And so then you go hire them to do a deck, but you know, they don't do decks. They do mostly kitchens, bathrooms and whatever else gets thrown on their plate, but maybe they, maybe they aren't super experienced in doing decks. Not to say they're a not a good contractor. They very well may be, but they just may not be up and up on the best building practices and materials for deck building and codes, which we'll get into. So if you're looking to hire a professional, hire a professional that is experienced and specializes in the project you're looking to do, which is your deck or backyard, because not all contractor abilities and projects can, you know, bleed from one to the next. Um, so... Word of mouth is very important on similar projects. Online reviews. Check online reviews and ratings on platforms like Yelp, Angie's List, or Google Reviews. Keep an eye out for patterns, whether positive or negative. So some of these services are a little bit more relevant in some areas than others. Uh, you know, Yelp is a big restaurant kind of review platform, although it can be used for anything. But it's not, you know, in, in our area, not a lot of people use Yelp or Angie's List. Google Reviews is very big everywhere. So that's always a good um, a good gauge of of quality is through the reviews. Now, if you pop into somebody's profile and it's like, oh, they've got five-star reviews, but they've only got three reviews, then that's probably not enough to get a good, accurate representation of the quality of work that company is doing. Probably of those three reviews, I shouldn't say probably, but very possibly, those are not real customers. <laughs> this guy might have started his business or or gal started her business and ask your family to leave a review to kind of get started. And so those first three, four, five might be a little bit hard to believe. Even the first 10, maybe, is just people like, oh, good for you, starting a business, I'll leave your review. You're, you know, Joe's awesome. It's like, Joe might be awesome, but Joe might not be awesome at building decks. So we don't know unless there's, you know, these, these reviews, reviews are from actual customers that are leaving reviews on actual projects. So you want to make sure they have more than just a handful of reviews. That also... Not always, but can sometimes be indicative of how long they've been around too. Um, it's not always the case. Sometimes a business has been around for ten years and still has three reviews because they just haven't put the priority into that channel. Um, but if you go to a company that's got you know one hundred and seventeen reviews and four point nine stars, well, that's there's a lot bigger sample size there to be able to put your trust into the fact that these reviews are legitimate and you know consistently they've given a good experience and read through them. Don't just take the star value at at face value. Go and read the reviews. See what people are actually saying. What did they actually do right? And if there's a couple negative ones, read those too. Often when there's a when there's a hundred reviews and there's, you know, it's overwhelmingly positive and it's like kind of like 4.9 stars average, it's, you know, the one or two bad reviews are often like you read them and you're like, "Oh, well that's like that's on my customer. That guy's being a being a jackhole." Or, or something, right? And you can see how that company even responds to those reviews and you can kind of get at least a good gauge of like, okay, well, this co- maybe this company did make a mistake, but look how they responded and took ownership of it. Or maybe it's a review that was left in the wrong business. Like, things happen. So just read them and it gives you a good vibe for where uh, or what you expect from that company. Better Business Bureau got listed on here and I'm like, I don't know. I feel like if this is 1998, then this is probably more relevant. But regardless, it says... Check the contractor's rating on the Better Business Bureau website or other national consumer protection agent, uh, organizations. So, the, like, the Better Business Bureau is, like, it sounds real good. <laughs> it's one that obviously has a history of protecting consumers with reviews. However, nowadays, not a lot of people are using it, for one. I, I would say if, if the Better Business Bureau has a lot of negatives about a company in there, you can probably rely on that. But if it's just a few positive or just a rating and not much, like, it's just like this company is A A plus, but there's no actual like reviews or feedback, it probably doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, Every company can get a free listing on the Better Business Bureau by doing nothing. And they just, you kind of start out with a good rating and you must do something to damage it. Um, But also it's a paid service. So the Better Business Bureau makes their money by having uh, companies pay them to be able to display the Better Business Bureau badges on their own marketing materials. So the Better Business Bureau has a, could potentially have a a biased interest in making sure companies have good reviews because that's how they make their money is to get money from the companies that have good reviews. So it's a a little bit tricky, that one. Um, I would also say that a lot of these other ones that have popped up over the year, that's like, oh, trusted websites, whatever, trusted reviews, trusted businesses, like all these like, and they always get somebody with a, you know, like an English accent because the accent gives it more credibility. It's like, oh, this site really knows what it's talking about. Those are all paid platforms where businesses can pay them for their badges. That doesn't mean anything. If I go and pay to have a badge on my website that says I can be trusted, what that, what, that doesn't mean I can be trusted. That means I paid for a badge. So... The, Don't believe a lot of those. Go to the independent ones like Google Reviews is really good. Facebook Reviews is really good. You know that the feedback that's been left on those is from actual people. Um, It's not paid for. So those are good, solid review sites to be able to kind of gauge um, your your contractor's uh, quality work. Qualifications and documentation. Number one, license and insurance. Make sure the contractor is licensed and insured. Ask for proof and check these credentials online if possible. So, in many states and some provinces, you I should say jurisdictions, because even at a city level, it can change. But some places require you as a contractor to have a contractor's license. And there may actually be some sort of you know test or it's education or something required to even be a contractor. But that's not the case in many places. For example, where we are, that's not required. There's no... You know, it is for some... some like an electrician, of course, yes, HVAC, plumbing and all that stuff. But for deck builders, no. Um, so... There's no, there's no certificate that says like, hey, I've taken the appropriate training. I am qualified to do this. You just have to kind of put your trust in it. Now, the insurance side of things, of course, you can check in to see and make sure they have insurance. Last thing you want is a construction project to happen on your property um, that you end up being liable for because the contractor didn't have insurance and somebody got hurt on the job site or what have you. So make sure that they have insurance um, covers your butt a little bit and also just just, or not justifies, but like, Proves that they're a legitimate company as well, not just kind of like fly by night, here today, gone tomorrow, just doing this on the side kind of thing. Legitimate contracting companies will have insurance because it protects them as well. Um, So if they don't have insurance, that's a big red flag. It's like, why wouldn't you have insurance? Uh, References. Ask for a list of past clients you can contact. Take the time to call these references and even visit the completed projects if possible. So this is a little bit tricky because you're going to... References in any aspect job interviews and everything they're, they're kind of weird aren't they like if you're going to ask somebody for references from them do you think they're really going to give you ones that aren't going to say anything but glowing things about them like they're going to hand select the ones that they know or let's be honest there's nothing stopping them from giving you the name of their brother <laughs> you phone and you're like Hey, do you know Harold's construction? Did they do a good job? Oh yeah, like Harold, absolutely. Harold's the best contractor in town. There's no doubt I'd go, hey, he's the cheapest and the best and the fastest. You don't know who you're actually talking to. Um, So again, word of mouth back to your own friends and family is a more reliable source than checking references. I'm not saying you shouldn't do this. I think it's probably still a good practice or not a bad practice anyway, but just know that uh, it's easily manipulated Portfolio, review examples of their past work. Many contractors have photos or can provide locations of their past projects. This is a little bit weird. I feel like in t- in today's world, it's a little bit weird to, to ask a stranger to go to their house and look at their backyard. Um, certainly, you you're, you can ask, and the contractor may say, like, sure, I've got some people that are super willing. They told me, in fact, that if I ever wanted someone to come by and have a look at the project, they were more than willing to do that. So that's okay. That's fine. Um, but I feel like maybe more and more as time goes on, this gets a little bit trickier to do because most people don't want strangers, you know, hanging around their backyard, poking around at things. So, um, but certainly a portfolio is important. Have you actually built decks before? And if you have, let's see them. Of course, lots of projects can look really good at a distance, um, It doesn't necessarily, if just because a project looks good in a picture doesn't mean it was, you know, built properly, it very well may be. But it's not the be all and end all either. But at least it gives you an idea that, hey, they're capable of pulling off a project of this scale. I like their style they use. You know, there's aspects of that deck I really liked. It can inspire your choices and decisions as well. So obviously having a portfolio is good. If you ask a contractor, do you have some examples of your past work? And the answer is no, I don't. then Then that's a red flag more than anything so. Project-specific inquiries. Uh, Detailed quote. Request a detailed written estimate or quote that outlines the cost of materials, labor, and other potential expenses. Be wary of quotes that are substantially lower than others as this could be a red flag for poor quality or cutting corners. So this one's a bit bit tricky. A lot of these are a little bit tricky. Detailed quotes are tricky because not a lot of contracting companies give line item pricing. They may give you... So be like... Be reasonable in your expectation for what information is going to be on the quote. You need a scope of work, of course. You need to know what's going to be included in the build um, so that you can compare against other quotes and just know what you're going to be getting and what you're paying for. Uh, But that said, don't be one of those people who's like, I want to know every single 2 by 4 and every single nail that's going in here and what you're charging me for so at the end I can go out there and count the nails in the deck and then say, you quoted me 437 nails and there's only 419 there and I want 18 nails back. Um, don't be that person, but they, I also, on the other hand, a lot of contractors push back on giving anything but an all in price. And so, uh, and, and I always hear the argument that says like, you know, uh, you don't ask Ford for a breakdown of all the labor and the materials and parts that went into a truck. And it's like, okay, fair, valid point. Um, but I, I don't think that it's unreasonable to expect a little bit of a breakdown, you know, to say like here, you know what the approximate cost of materials is this, approximate cost of the labor is this, you know, this break it down at a higher level, I think is a good way to go about it. Um, and you also, again, like I said, the scope of work. So if there's, you know, you need to say that there's a, you know, closed in mitered stairs with lights, two lights per riser, blah. blah like be specific about what you're getting. Um, you don't need to know what every individual light cost plus tax, blah, 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 but you need to know how many lights you're getting in your deck. And is that included in the price that you're paying? So be detailed, just not. don't expect some sort of meticulous breakdown. Unless they do offer that, they may charge for it because that's a lot of work. And uh, But anyways. Uh, timeline. Get an estimated project timeline in writing. When delays happen, or while delays happen, having an agreed-upon timeline can help the project, keep the project on track. Um, yeah, you don't want to commit to something and have no idea. I don't want it to be completely open-ended. Um, but also understand that contracting business especially outdoors is subject to a lot of potential delays and so weather delays are one of the obvious ones um, every time it rains a contractor gets backed up a little bit more and so if you catch a bad week of you know four days of rain in a row that's going to throw a kink into some things and throw timelines out the window um, somebody may potentially get hurt on site and they lose at uh, least somebody or or there's a sickness or something and they their crews down a guy and it's going to slow things down a little bit maybe there's material shortages or back orders it's going to hold them up and it's not their fault. Um maybe other projects run a little bit long due to some of the things and it kind of moves into your project a little bit. So be flexible. Um, Try to book your projects so that they're not uh, you know, the the completion of them is not required for an event that's going to happen following after. You know, if you have a if you have a wedding in your backyard on July 15th, don't don't plan to build a deck on July 2nd that's going to take a week long because it's very, very possible that it may run into it. You don't want that stress. If you are if you have a wedding on July 15th, plan that thing like the fall before, or at least the spring. Don't try to squeeze it in just before and then pull your hair out stressing about whether it's going to happen or not. There's just too many incidental things that can happen that can throw off a schedule. But have them give you a rough schedule. Where, you know, when are you booking into? Oh, we're booking into August. What day? I can't give you a specific day, but I can tell you right now it's around the middle of August. Um, I will follow up with you when it gets a little bit closer to give you a cl- more accurate date. But, you know, until the time gets there, I can't give you an exact time and date. But understand that, like, hey, we're both on the same page here. We're gonna, both going to be flexible, but it needs to be done in the, a rough time frame that you're, you're, you request. Material options. Ask about the range of material options available and the pros and cons of each, especially in relation to your local climate and intended use for the deck. So to roll back to a previous point about making sure somebody is, you know, a contractor that does a lot of bathrooms doesn't know, they know vanities and kitchens and toilets and tile and bathroom tubs rounds and bathtubs and everything else really, really well, they can teach you and help you make the right decisions there. But if they don't do decks all the time, they don't, they don't know the products inside and out. And I can tell you that even for a lot of contractors that do do a lot of decks, they may not know all the pros and cons between different material options. That's why, you know, find a a deck nerd like myself who does just sit here and live and breathe this stuff and I can tell you the pros and cons of a lot of different product options and I don't care which one you choose. So I'm not biased in trying to push you towards one one product or another. Um, But, you know, if you have specific requirements that like, hey, you know what? I've got small kids and so I don't want something that's gonna be super hot in the feet. I've also got elderly family that comes over quite a bit so I don't want something slippery. You know, what product can you get for me? A lot of contractors unless they live and breathe it and have done all the research and tests themselves may not know. And they may just say like, well, you know what? I install brand X. So um, that's what I'm going to put on your deck. And it turns out that one is very slippery and gets really hot. And so all of a sudden you put your trust in somebody to make the best decision for you or to make recommendations and they have failed you because they don't know the products that they're suggesting. So important to make sure that somebody is aware of the pros and cons or do your own research, make sure that you're getting the products that you're, you um that you want that are going to be good for your lifestyle that are going to work for you this, this is an investment you don't want to have to do this again and you, you know if you're going to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a new deck you don't want to at the end end up hating it and hating the experience because you just didn't get somebody who was able to help you on the material selection side of things Contract and payment, written contract, always insist on a written contract that details every aspect of the project from the materials used to the final cost and payment schedule. So again, this one is um, is uh, very important because much like the, um, well, it even mentions the materials used and the scope of the project is one of the most important things to put on there. That might be part of the quote, but it should be in the contract as well. But also what's the expectation for how we're getting paid here or how you're paying here? Um, is there a, you know, scheduling fee to get into somebody's schedule? Okay. Is there a a deposit required before construction begins? Okay. Is there a progress payment at a certain stage after framing? Okay. As long as this is laid out ahead of time and you're both aware of it, then no problem. Um, but where it gets a little tricky is when it's not laid out and all of a sudden the contractor's like, well, I'm stopping work until you pay this. And it's like, I didn't, No, you didn't say I was supposed to pay. I wasn't paying this until the project's done. Whatever it is, just make sure that you're on the same page and that the details of that are clear and specific. Um, So this is a good little list. I think this is a good good thing to do to vet contractors. I would also like to add one in here, and it kind of came, it was on the top of my head as I was going through the material options. I would also be careful about contractors that are guiding you aggressively towards specific products. Um, There are lots of great products out there in the market, uh, there are also a lot of very terrible products out there in the market. But, it, you know, of the great ones, um, you should be able to have some flexibility in what you want as well. Just because a contractor says, I only do brand whatever, if you really found something you're in love with that is from a different brand, but it's also a really good reputable, reputable brand, and they're not willing to install it, I would qu- you got to question why that is. So maybe they do have a good reason for it. Maybe they've had a bad experience with it themselves. But maybe it's because they're being incentivized by the other brand and they're in some sort of program where they get kickbacks or whatever else and they're trying to push this upon you. Maybe they're in some sort of supply and install situation and they've decided that, as a contractor, I want to be on the supply side of things. And they buy, they buy a whole bunch of you know junk product or even whatever. It might be decent product, but they buy this product that they, they've, they're now financially committed to and stressed to move and they're trying to force it upon you f- for their benefit. Not for you, but for their benefit. Uh, maybe because they make more money on it, or maybe because it's like they've been sitting on it for a long time and they want they need to move it. And all of a sudden, they're trying to like pressure you into buying it. Don't do that. Like if the good the good products and the good brands are out there, it's easy to find information about them. If somebody's trying to push a product on you you haven't heard before, it's like oh look at this. It's this whatever this new tough eight board or whatever it is just stop and be like no no i I've, I've done my research i want to use brand b because i've read it has this and this and this and this and so make sure you're working with the who's at least open to exploring other products with you maybe they know more and they they're like no don't use that it's it's blah 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 but um that's different than saying like them saying like, don't use this is different than them saying you have to use this. Cause that's what I, I work with. So that can be uh, you know, that's, that's a bit of a red flag too. So it is tricky uh, to hire a contractor, but if you kind of engage in, you know, at least most of these and go through the process, you're going to greatly minimize the risk of hiring a contractor to do your project for you. Of course, if you find somebody who is absolutely exceptional they check all the boxes. They're amazing. They're super professional. They're probably going to cost a little bit more than somebody who isn't all of those things. But know that it's money well spent because you're, you're avoiding a potential disastrous financial collapse of a project, potentially, if you hire somebody who has no idea what they're doing. There is nothing more expensive than cheaping out. It's a slogan we use all the time. And it certainly comes to that when you're hiring contractors as well. Don't run to the classified ads and find the cheapest guy to do it because that is you are asking for it at that point. Um, so make sure you get somebody reputable. Um, one of the services we offer, uh, which is to help uh, with alleviate all of these things through our managed install service at the Ultimate Tech Shop, is we basically accept all of this vetting and responsibility ourselves onto us. So you don't have to worry about this because we only work with contractors that have good word of mouth. They have good reviews. We personally have experience with them and seen them work. And we're like, you are a good builder. We absolutely have no problem with you doing projects um, under our name. That's great. You know, they, they are insured. They have references. They've done work before. So they've got the portfolio. Um, when you come to us, you're getting a decoy. You are getting line item quote. You're getting every, like, you probably get too much information on our quotes um, because you're essentially buying the materials from us and we're just having the uh, install done for you and just managing the project for you. Um, timeline, we try to keep pretty clear on again, but that again, we're at the mercy of a variety of factors, including our subcontractor's availability, but uh, and material options, again, we've got a crazy selection of material options in the store that we, like I said, we're deck nerds. We don't bring it into the store unless it's good. We don't want the problems and the headaches ourselves. We're not trying to push any specific brand on you. No brand has their claws in our back and feeding us all sorts of stuff to influence whatever. It's, we carry lots of brands, so you have lots of choice. We don't want you to have to go get false information from other places that carry a single brand or trying to force it upon you for their benefit, not your own. So our service, and then as far as payment, we're very clear on our payment terms. You're easy to find us, our stores aren't going anywhere. Um, it just takes the whole risk of the entire uh, process out of it. And then even if, you know, the warranty stays with us so that if the if the contractor that built your deck, even if they were really good, but they happen to have a change in life, change in circumstance, and they're not doing it anymore, your warranty's still good. It just it stays with us so we, we have other contractors that'll come out and fulfill any potential warranty claims, whatever it is. So it's just, we provide this like airbag of, of, um, or this halo, protective halo around the hiring a contractor experience to ensure that you're going to have a good experience and basically removes all the risk from you and puts it on us. So that's that's what that install is all about. You don't have to use that service, of course. Um, you may not even have it available in your area. So if you do have to hire a contractor yourself, follow this little list Go back and start over on this podcast, listen to it again, because it will help to minimize the risk in hiring a contractor and making sure that you don't end up as one of those people who has a awful experience um, that costs you tens of thousands of dollars and sleepless nights and stress. It just isn't worth it. Nothing is more expensive than cheap and out. So do your research make sure you know what you're doing before you uh, sign that contract have a great week everybody see you again hey thank you for listening to the ultimate deck podcast now you know what we're about check the site come and shop ultimate hit us right away for sponsorships. so tell us if you want to collaborate let's go check us out on any social networks thank you for listening